This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. Good evening. This is Reverend Gary Lubin serving as deacon with the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to our daily devotion in the early evening for individuals and families and which can be found on page 139 of the Book of Common Prayer. Our reading from the Daily Office is from Mark chapter 8, verses 11 through 26. Now let us begin our worship together. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun, and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. A reading from the Gospel of Mark. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, asking him for a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, he went across to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to bring any bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. They said to one another, It is because we have no bread. And becoming aware of it, Jesus said to them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes and fail to see? Do you have ears and fail to hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you collect? They said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you collect? And they said to him, Seven. And he said to them, Do you not yet understand? They came to Bethsaida. Some people brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village, and when he had put saliva on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Can you see anything? And the man looked up and said, I can see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he looked intently And his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Then he sent him away to his home, saying, Do not even go into the village. The Gospel of our Lord. Good evening. Well, what did you think about that reading from Mark? Kind of a potpourri. But it does seem like the Pharisees have come to Jesus, but not to stop, listen, and learn, but to confront him, argue with him, get in his face, somehow trap and discredit him, 
demanding that Jesus perform for them like he was some kind of circus act, asking for a sign from heaven. So who do they think they are anyway? Yeah, well, they were very important people around those parts. I'm sure that they were good people, but the Pharisees were all about creating, interpreting, and enforcing purity laws. They were in charge of a very sophisticated system to compartmentalize, separate, and divide the world into pure and impure. As a matter of fact, the name Pharisee comes from a Hebrew word which means to separate, or if you will, to segregate. Hmm. They do seem to be divisive rascals. Surely this system gave them a sense of security and self-satisfaction, superiority and power. Purportedly, the intent was to preserve a Jewish way of life, all well and good, to keep it separate and distinct from the contaminant pagan culture that surrounded them, that is to say the dominant ones being of the Romans and the Greeks during the time of Jesus. Jerusalem was a diverse place, so that there would have been others, too. But you know what they say about good intentions. I am not sure how to honestly and exactly relate to this dilemma. You know, that is because I belong to the current dominant majority, mostly white male Christian religious establishment, including all of the denominations thereof which seems to be intricately part and parcel of the military and industrial complex that President Eisenhower described at one time. Am I then a Roman or a Greek in this story or someone else? I like to think I relate to the plight of average Joe the plumber. I mean, my dad was an immigrant, a welder working for the B&O Railroad and a union man, or have I turned into a Pharisee? Oh my God. Even though technically I am not one, I do sympathize with the Pharisees being a minority to the dominant Romans. But then again, they had a pretty slick trickle-down system in play exploiting their own citizenry. The bottom line seems to be what evolved out of those good intentions a rigid and burdensome set of rules to apply Mosaic law to the letter to control the minutia of everyday life of the average Joe. Now, in today's world, a person could elect not to be a member of such an organization, but not so in that time and place. A person today could also elect to, like, you know, unionize. Or they could just decide to drift along on the outskirts of society. But getting back to our story, the Pharisees saw Jesus as a real threat. And of course he was. Jesus denounced them as hypocrites who created barriers to people's ability to love God and to love one another. And you know, that continues to be the answer for my dilemma and your dilemma, our dilemma, love, and what impedes the ability to love. Well, the Pharisees apply pressure for Jesus to perform. 
They want something staged to post on social media. <laughs> and to quote a memorable song from Jesus Christ Superstar, prove to me that you're divine, change my water into wine, feed my household with this bread, you can do it on your head. Prove to me that you're no fool, walk across my swimming pool, that's all you need to do and then I'll know it's all true. They want something artificial, contrived, and pretentious. Fake news, fake news, fake news. But where have they been? The real deal has been there from the get-go. Surely they know about Jesus' baptism, that really, really big event at the beginning of his ministry. And Jesus and his disciples have just returned from, quote, the other side of the Sea of Galilee, you know, where the pagan Gentiles live the other side of the tracks, as it were, where he performed many authentic miracles of healing and feeding of the bodies and the spirits of thousands and thousands of people. Well, you know, and as far as that goes, Jesus has been performing, has been performing all along on their side of that lake. Those very same kind of miracles for their own people. These many signs do reveal Jesus' identity and do reveal the inbreaking of God's reign. Well, surely they must have recognized these signs. I think that is why Jesus sighs. Jesus sighs and wonders out loud why they ask for a sign. So after telling them no, no circus today, he leaves them in their dust gets in the boat again and heads out with the disciples. And then he goes about the business of love, grace, and mercy by healing a blind man in Bethsaida. If the Pharisees were really following Jesus, looking and listening, they would have seen and heard. Right now, we are in the season of Epiphany when we celebrate the revelation of Jesus to the Gentiles. In our journey seeking revelation as we are following the path of Jesus, we might ponder what are the signs of these times and the work cut out for us? And what's Jesus got to do with all of it? Well, the many signs Jesus did perform were not a circus performance, but real life acts of love, grace, and mercy for all the people on both sides of the Sea of Galilee, both sides of the track. Jesus loves them all, loves all of us, and that is the good news. God's love abounds. Now, there have been many heroes during these contentious times, this time of polarization, These heroes go about doing God's business quietly and humbly. No headlines for them. People acting selflessly for a greater cause. They're helping make people's lives easier by imitating Jesus' works, his acts of compassion. They are living examples of how to live together, keeping the faith, praying together, giving people hope and fellowship. So well, I'd like to thank you very much for it.
Amen. And now a reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, out of darkness let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us, to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us now say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray now the collect for this day from the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany. Almighty and everlasting God, you govern all things both in heaven and on earth. Mercifully hear the supplications of your people, and in our time grant us your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Let us now take some time pausing our worship together, if you need to do that, to offer up our prayers of intercession, thanksgiving, and praise for the world, for the church, for our national life, for the social and natural orders, and of course, for family and personal life, and in particular, for those who are suffering and for those who have died. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time, all nations and all the whole human race may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us now pray the collect for social justice and social order on page 823. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart and especially the hearts of the people in this land that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now let us pray the concluding collect from page 139 of the prayer book. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Now go in peace, hope, joy to love and serve our God in the name of our teacher and Savior, Jesus.